Amen. So, uh, tonight, uh, last week we, we shared on, this is my message again tonight, on the whole truth, on the truth about truth. The Bible says you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free, right? We're, we're, we're free people if we know the truth. Um, Jesus made a statement and it kind of offended a lot of people and a lot of people got miffed at him and they just kind of left. People that had been following him and then, and then they left. And then he looked at his 12 disciples and he said, you want to go too? He spoke the truth and, and it, he didn't care whether people liked it or not. He, he, Jesus didn't preach the word to offend people, but he said the word will either offend or people will receive it, one of the two. And, um, and, and so I've been, I've been thinking about that, but in that, in that whole thing that he said that offended people is that he said there was a time coming when those that worship me will worship me in spirit and in truth, yeah. not just the truth. The Bible also says that the letter of the law or the word kills, but the spirit brings life. The spirit to the word is what brings life to the word. And um, last Wednesday I shared with you that <clears throat> rest of these Wednesdays and, and starting on um, the 30th of December, uh, the Sunday before Word First, uh, and then throughout the whole month as we're talking vision, we're, we're talking about, and, and it, it'll evolve as we go, but what we're talking about is the misperception that people have about God, that the world has. There's a misperception of God. Um, I'm going to give you several little stories tonight of some things that, that I've heard just just, you know, I, I, get, I get stuff sent to me all the time, all the time. I mean, I'm thinking, what did you send me that for? You know, I mean, I get stuff in, in my emails all the time, and I just feel like I delete, 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 because it just, I mean, it's just overwhelming sometimes how much stuff. But um, I don't know when it was, but I was, I was listening to this five-minute or so video <laughs> Uh, I was listening to this five-minute or so video, and it's been sometime in the last two or three years, so it's kind of present day. It was in a church in California, and, uh, and as I'm watching it, the camera, it's, uh, the camera is kind of spanning the congregation. It's a pretty good-sized church, you know? And for five solid minutes... All this pastor was doing. If I mentioned him, you'd know who it was. I, I don't, I'm not going to stand up here and do what this guy did. But for five solid plus minutes, and I don't know how long he rambled on, his message was about Joel Osteen is a fake. That was his whole message. He's a fraud. He's not saved. He lies to people, steals from people, cheats people. I mean, in five minutes, that and a dozen other things came out of his message talking about Joel Osteen. I'm talking about sometime in the last couple of years. And all the things that this guy said, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, buddy, you are everything you're accusing him of. Everything you're accusing him of, you are. And I was really glad I watched it. I don't watch many of those kind of things, but I did. I watched that. I was really glad that I watched that. And uh, so I typed in Joel Osteen's name. I, I, I Googled his name. And I scrolled through about five or six pages on Google of comments about him. Three or four of the comments were good, but the rest of them were about what a fake he is. And, uh, and so I, I did that on, on purpose because I wanted to see what people are looking at. 
And people are creating a misperception of who God is because of the influence that the devil has over people's minds. The devil has influence over people's minds. Now, you can say, okay, why are, why are you right and that guy's wrong? Why would I, why, why what I teach is right and, and what that guy teaches is wrong? Well, I, I'm not in the business to prove that guy wrong. I'm here to preach the Word of God. His business was to prove somebody wrong. And if somebody, listen to me, if somebody is immoral and dishonest and goes against the Word, they're going to crumble. They will fall and be exposed. You leave the exposing to God because he's better at it. You know why he's better at it? Because he's in it for their deliverance and redemption. (laughs) Even if they're being dishonest. How many dishonest people were there in the Bible? Huh? How many sinful people were there in the Bible? Uh, Abraham, King David, all our heroes... You, you want to expose the things in, in their lives? I'm not saying that everybody's perfect, even the Joel Osteen that he was talking about. I'm not saying the guy's perfect. But has anybody ever listened to his messages? Man, they build you. I mean, they strengthen you. I mean, I like being in the car and, and listening to one of his 30-minute messages. I mean, it, it builds you. It, 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 I mean, you know, I... I I could say there's times when I've heard him say something I didn't totally agree. What? Who can? I mean, who are you going to ever agree with anybody 100% of the time? The misperception about God that's out there is because of the devil. It's not people. It's not this guy's bad and this guy whatever. I mean, the five-minute message that I listen to, the reason I listen to the guy is because I know who the guy is. I don't know him personally, but I know him. And I haven't liked a lot of the things that he said through the years. But I listened to it because I wanted to be open-minded what the guy was sending me. And so I listened to it and it just proved to me that probably another five years before I listened to another one of his message. Anyway, but I don't need to spend time listening to somebody criticizing someone else. That won't do you any good. That's how you judge things. See, if you hear, if you hear a critical spirit coming from this pulpit, you need to go somewhere else. Because the more critical the pulpit is, the more critical you'll become. And there's a misperception of God out there, and it's all the devil. Now, the deal with that is, we all have to admit that in our lives to this point, we've been influenced by the devil. And every one of us have been influenced by the devil, and every one of us have little nuggets of things still in our soul that can create a misperception about something that we need to be delivered of. We're entering in, because you're going to hear me preach a lot of this, we're entering into a time where we're removing all the wrong perceptions that we have of God and all the wrong perceptions we have just about people in general. Because when you get rid of the misperception, it liberates you and makes you free. Here, here's, a, here's a definition, a couple definitions, of uh, the word perception. <clears throat> the ability to hear or become aware of something through the senses is what perception is. Another definition is intuitive understanding and insight. Intuitive understanding and insight. Discernment and recognition are a couple of words that are synonyms of, of perception. Discernment and recognition. Also the word appreciation. Perceptiveness. So, God wants a perceptiveness, a, a, a discernment in our lives that is so sharp that we don't have to spend 
two hours praying in the Spirit to get an understanding of how to discern situations in our lives and things that we face and deal with. Because we were created to help change the misperception that the world has about God. The misperception. The world has a, has a wrong perception of who God really is. And we're here, to, we're here to change that. We're here to help that along. To do that, you have to know the truth. Right? We talked about last week, we looked at um, 3 John... One of the little Johns in the back, Third John, and verse 2. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers, as your mind is renewed. And there's, uh, you know, as, as, I'm, as I'm studying, as I'm studying and bringing this word, I'm looking and and becoming aware of what other people think about passages of Scripture like this. I want to know what people think about this. I want to know, I don't want to just preach something like this and preach from a verse of Scripture, let it be a foundational verse that we're using, and then to think that most people think opposite of that. And what a lot of people think about 3 John 2 is that that the writer here is talking and saying that God wants there only to be spiritual prosperity and health. In other words, in other words, what we talked about last week, I gave you the, I gave you the five categories that I, that I believe are that there are huge misperceptions of in the world, and one of those is prosperity and health. Many, many people in the church world don't believe that you can believe God for healing in your bodies. Many people in the church don't believe that. I'm talking about in the church. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about in the church. Listen, the people in the world are looking to stay young and get healthy any way they can. Hmm? Everybody's trying to get healthy. I want to be healthy, stay healthy, and be that way. But many people in the church don't believe that you can take 1 Peter 2, 24, literally, that by his stripes, I was healed back then when he took the stripes on himself. They don't believe that's true. It's a misperception of God. See, I'm not, I'm not trying to force something on you that is my idea. He said it, now we're enforcing it, and we want to help other people to remove their misunderstanding of who God is. He's not trying to make people sick. We're not, we're not the sick trying to get well. We're the healed, and sickness and disease has no place in our bodies. See, but we're, we're having to learn how to download that on the inside of you, and I'm telling you, your soul is your greatest enemy to your health and healing. Your soul is your greatest enemy to prosperity. Your soul is your greatest enemy to walking in the love of God the things that we're talking about, to understanding what real serving is about, like we talked about last week, how to, how to be a servant. Jesus said the greatest leaders have to become the greatest servants, and they have to understand that. If I want to lead, if I want to become great at what I'm doing, I have to become the greatest servant. What does that look like? See, to, to, to not teach that from this pulpit is... Not helping you to change your perspective of what God is saying in His Word is what you and I need. And the world's working overtime, the system out there, the God of the system is working overtime to convince us that we just need to be about ourselves. Bam! That's it. And there's all of us in different ways have things lodged in our soul that... When you don't want to do something, 
I'm not just talking about serving. When you don't want to give, when you don't want to stand on the word concerning health and healing, when you don't want to walk in love with people, there's things lodged in our soul that will come along and they'll try to make you feel like and convince you that, well, that's why. See, because I was, you know, you may not be thinking this consciously, but subconsciously you're thinking, well, you know, uh, I was told this years ago, and this person did me wrong, and I have a right to do those kinds. See, those things are lodged in our soul. we got to get rid of those things because they're your greatest enemy. 2019, all the month of January, as we're talking vision leading up to Vision Sunday, we're talking about how to remove the, the, the wrong perception of who God really is. And if you get it out of you, you can help other people learn how to discern what it is that they're really battling with. Most of the battles that people face in life are between their ears. That's where most of the battle is. It's because we don't know God and we don't know how to get there. How, how many say, I, I, I want to know. Say it, I want to know. And I'm going to get there. We're going to get there. We're not playing games. We're getting there. Amen? One of the, one of the things um, about truth, I want, I want to look at 1 Peter 1. I'm just going to lay, lay a little bit of foundation. We'll, we'll keep talking about those five, those five absolutes, I called them, um, last week. Love, health being led by the Spirit, prosperity, and serving. We're going to talk about those in the weeks to come uh, leading up to, to our Vision Sunday. Um, but in, in, um, in 1 Peter 1 and verse 22, let's look at this. Since you have purified your soul, your souls, in obeying what? The truth. How do I purify my soul? How do I renew my mind? How do I change the perception I have about certain things? By obeying the truth. Not just hearing the truth, but doing something with what I hear and obeying the truth. When I obey the truth, it produces. Sometimes people want things to happen in their life, but they don't want to do the difficult thing. Okay? Uh, um, through the years, as I learned how, it didn't take me long, but it took me a, a year or two to become convinced of being a tither and a seed sower. I was taught constantly in the churches that I was in, I was taught, but it took me a couple of years to get the revelation. And one day, there, there, was, there was debt in my life, and uh, I felt like God just wanted me to begin to praise Him. So in the house we lived in, we lived in, in McAllen, Texas, in the house I lived in, I went in my garage every day. I went in my garage and spent, I don't know how long. I, I, I don't remember how long it was, but I'd go in my garage and just praise God. Father, I thank you that I'm debt-free. One day when I was out there, the Lord said, I want you to sow this seed into certain person. He said, I want you to sow this seed. No, oh God, I just want to praise you. I mean, that, that's kind of what I was saying. No, no, I just want to praise you. But as I was praising him, it just kept coming to me. I went to my wife. She said, you know what? I thought the exact same thing. She said, I wasn't necessarily thinking of that person, but I'm all behind it. And we got an agreement, and within just a number of days, we were debt-free, and we had some debt. And you know what one of our debt, one of the debts we had was with the IRS. And you know what we got? We got a letter from the IRS that said our debt was canceled. Anybody ever got one of those? Those don't come freely from the IRS. Huh? It's the ones that say, you know what? We just figured and you owe us another $90,000 or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? I mean, a lot of those come, but we got, we got a letter for no reason. For no reason. I knew we owed the money. We were paying on it on a monthly basis, and I knew it. And it was like, this is in like 19, I don't know what it was. 80-something 80, 80 in the mid-80s, and we owed like $7,000 is because a CPA 
had told us to do something with the business we owned, and we did it, and it was wrong. And we had to pay it. And one day comes a letter. But it came after we sowed the seed. You see, my thinking had to change. My perception of God had to change. Well, God's just going to feel bad for me. No, he's not going to feel bad for you. He loves you. But he set it up, and when you purify your soul by obeying the truth through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but what? Incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. It's through the truth of God's word. As as I'm teaching you some things tonight about correct perception in, in your soul, The word is going forth, and then what you do with the word will determine the the results that the word produces. And it always produces. It always does. But it's the word that changes and purifies my soul. It changes the way I think. You remember what, what we just read in 3 John 2? Beloved, I wish and desire above all things that you prosper and be in health. He wants above everything for you and I to prosper and to be in health. Even as, even as what? Even as my thinking changes, my perception changes. When my perception changes and and I get on the receiving end of what he's done and I learn to put God's word in my mouth and to begin to declare. One of the things that this guy said uh, about Joel Osteen was that he always talked positive. And, and, he, and he made a joke of it to his congregation. He made a joke of it. I mean, where, does he, where, where, where is it said in the Scripture that you should always be positive about things? I mean, look at all, I mean, he quoted these things out of the Old Testament that I just wondered if they were even there or not. They were horrible things. So he's saying that Joel should teach about how bad something could be in your life. I mean, come on. But you know what? You know what? It was a good thing because I've learned some things. I'm not here to run this guy down, so you'll never know who it is. Not for me. I'm not here to run the guy down. Now I can pray for the guy. So he's added to my Ephesians 1 and 3 list. I did not cease to make mention of this man in my prayer that the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, give him a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of his understanding are being opened and enlightened so he can know what is the hope of God's calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance as a child of God, and what the surpassing greatness of his power is in his life as he believes the word of God. No more of that mess. Why would you want to live on earth and have that type of a perspective in life? All the rest of my days on this planet are being spent to help change the perception of God so that God know, that people know God as love and that they know Him as the God of promise. Amen? And that promise is through Abraham as we teach But that promise is coming right down to me if I choose to believe it and receive it. Amen? And that that really works. And what's difficult with that with people is that during the time that you're developing a new perspective of God, your your, your soul and your mind is being renewed, the enemy is going to come after you and try to get you to focus on something that appears like it didn't work. Well, I know what pastor's been saying, but it seems like, you know, ever since I've been coming to church, it seems like this thing happened, that thing happened. Yeah, yeah. Because what's happening is, words going in, it's changing your perception. It's not finished changing it yet. You're not totally believing it, but you're growing and you're developing, and you have to learn that if you don't quit, you're going to reap. That's what you have to know. If you don't quit, you're going to reap the harvest. You're going to get what God says is going to come to you, even if it looks like it didn't today or a situation happened that appeared like it wasn't working. It works because God is true. That's what you have to get on the inside of you. Listen to me. 
People in the church world that have a wrong perception of God, it's because they base their, um, they, they base their perception of God on experiences. And when you base your perception of who God is on experiences and not on the word itself, you will constantly be let down. Anybody in here ever had some experiences that you felt like God lost your phone number? Hmm? Lost your email, something? Didn't know where you were, what, what the heck's going on in this type of situation right here? Why did this happen to me? Right? I promise you, God didn't lose anything. Hmm? He didn't lose a thing. And when in those times when you press into him, that's where he shows you who he is. If you try to figure it out in your soul and you go back to that unrenewed mind and you start leaning heavily on what your soul says, it's going to talk you out of doing what God says is right. Every single time. Where health is concerned, where prosperity is concerned, where walking in love is concerned, where learning how to serve is concerned, and definitely, definitely, where hearing the voice of God is concerned. You know why the hearing voice of God is so important? Because there's only one of his voice and 9,000 plus other voices that are competing for control of your soul. See, that's why he's talking about the soul here. See, the devil has no place in your spirit. Your spirit and God's spirit are one and there's no devil in there. The battle is for your mind. It's for your soul. That's what it's after. And only the Word of God can illuminate that soul and remove those wedges, those things in the soul. I, I, I kind of see it like a... When I was a little kid, my mom sewed. She, she sewed things, and she had a... I don't, I don't know what it was, a little ball. And, and she had all the needles stuck in that little... like a. What, what? Yeah, yeah, but it, was, but it was white. It was made out of like, um, what am I thinking of? Styrofoam. styrofoam, yes. It was made out of styrofoam. It was, it was a round ball. And, and she had it, she had it, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but she had it uh, covered with some kind of material. And, and she, she, she'd, she had other things stuck in the sides of it, and then she'd stick all those pins in there. And I, 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 when I think of things that get lodged in our soul, I think of that little pin, what do you call it, a pin cushion, right, uh, that my mom had, and, and, and we're pulling those things out, mm, pulling them out. I always wanted that little ball. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to do, I was thinking, I'm going to pull all those things out of there, and I'm going to play with that thing or something. When I was a little kid, I, I used to think about that little ball. I wanted that ball. But God wants all the pins out of our soul. He wants us liberated in our minds so that our perception is pure so that you can lead other people. You can't lead people when your soul is clogged. See, because you don't want to because you're about yourself. Listen, when your soul <laughs> is full of those little pins and little ideas and little thoughts that you're not renewing your mind, you're not working it and, and developing it, then what happens is you, you spend so much of your energy trying to devise plans of fixing this thing and that thing. God doesn't want you to waste your energy trying to do things that he's better at. Did you hear me? I promise you God is better. So I want, I want, I want you to think about Um, look at 2 Timothy. <clears throat> First chapter, 7th verse. 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Everybody say spirit. spirit. Say it again, spirit. But he's given us, and do you have that? Actually, I don't think I gave you that. But, um, but it said, this verse says this. 
God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. What it says in the literal is that he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. Say, my mind is sound. Say it loud like you mean it. My mind is sound. That's what God has given you. Now, I want you to, I want you to think of this tonight. Okay? <clears throat> God has given me power, love, and a sound mind. The spirit of. There's only, there's only one godly spirit. There's only one good spirit, and it's God. Okay? And that's what he gives is good. That's why Joel Osteen talks about everything being good. Hmm? I mean, I, I, I'm still shocked at that message. And it was only five minutes. I mean, at least you could like Joel Osteen's joke at the beginning of his message. I mean, you know, you could find something good about that. Anyway. So, so here's the thing. Those three things that he talks about there, power, love, and a sound mind, are from the Spirit of God. The devil is a spirit, and what he delivers are these kinds of things. I just wrote a bunch of them down. Spirit of selfishness. Spirit of fear. That's what was mentioned in that verse. Those are pins. Spirit of fear of failure. Spirit of fear of man. The spirit of no self-control. See, he's giving me a sound mind. When you have a sound well-balanced mind, one translation says, then you operate in self-control. Because self-control is totally tied to the way you think and what's going on in your mind. Spirit of loser mentality. That's in so many people. The devil tells you every time you make a mistake, you're a loser. Right? And along with being, having a loser mentality, that spirit of a loser mentality is no self-esteem. I mean, a lot of times it's like right there with people. No self-esteem, loser mentality. As a result of all those things, there's a spirit that works against you from the enemy that... I just label as negative confessions. Negative confessions come out of your mouth as a result of all these kind of things being lodged in your soul. And anything and everything else that you can think of. There's a spirit of poverty. There's a spirit of sickness that just, just stays in people's minds. They, 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 they are, the, in their mind, they are the sick and they're not even trying to get well. They're just trying to survive and not die. When the opposite is true of the God we serve, because every one of the things that I just mentioned that are a spirit from the enemy, that lodge in our soul, the opposite is found in the form of a promise in God's Word. The opposite of all those things are found in the promises that we find in God's Word. Every single thing that I just mentioned right there, you can find the opposite, the promise in God's Word. That's what He has for you. Amen? The promise is sure. The verse of Scripture that we read last week out of Galatians 3 and 29, look at that real quick. And he said, if, if you're Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and your heirs according to the promise. And the promise is that God's blessing rests on you and your household. On each 
and every one of you and your household. That's the promise through, through Abraham, that not only Abraham would be blessed, but all of his seed. That's who you and I are. We have a right for that. We have a right to claim that. We have a right to be blessed. We just have to know what that means. We just have to experience what that means through the revelation of God's Word. We've got to experience that day to day. We've got to know how, how that when I've got a pin stuck in my soul, when, I, when, I've, when I've got something that's in there and it's the, you know, it's the fear of, of failing, the fear of failure, what will the fear of failure keep you from doing? Anything, right? When you, when you operate in the fear of failure because of past experiences or maybe generational curses that have been handed down from people in your family that, were, that you know, they, they, they lost a business or this thing or they, they went bankrupt or whatever it is, man, that fear that that's going to happen to you rules your life. And so it shuts you down, and now you're living in a place of survival when God created you to live in more than enough. That's the promise in God's Word. See? And so, what has to happen if that's lodged in your soul? He said, the scripture we read in, in 1 Peter said, that we're to purify our souls, we're to renew our minds with what? With the truth. And when I renew my mind with the truth then those negative confessions that say, well, man, I'll never do that because, man, if I try that, then I'll end up just like my dad or my granddad or somebody else did over here. All of a sudden, you're talking that all the time. Now you've got to change those confessions with, you know what? I hear the voice of God, and I'll do exactly what God tells me to do. God, you haven't given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound and a well-balanced mind, and I thank you, Lord, today. If you want me to... to step out in that in, in, and pursue that business or this thing or what. I'm just using this as an example. What you're doing is you're, you're removing the pin of the fear of failure. Amen. But it will not be removed and it's not going to just go away if you don't do anything with the word that you hear. It's not enough just to hear the word and not be a doer of it because actually James covers that. James chapter 1 covers that. says if you hear the word and not do the word, then you're, in, you're, you're deceived. Well, let's get free of being deceived, right? Let's get free of having a wrong perception. I don't want to walk in deception because of a wrong perception. I want to walk clear and free, hearing the voice of God, doing what He says. And I promise you, when you do what God told you to do, not what, if, I, if I'm doing what God told James to do because I want to copy what he's doing, it's not going to work for me. But if God told James to do something and he told me and it sounded really good, but he's not doing it, it's not going to work for him either. But when I hear God and he tells me to do something and I do it, I get the fruit of what he said will happen. And when you become convinced of that, then you're not in fear of failure. That's how you remove that thing. And it may not even start with the fear of failure. It may start with having a better self-esteem, feeling better about yourself, not being intimidated by other people or situations or whatever. And to do that, how do you get there? Ignoring people? Well, you know what? Those people intimidate me, so I'm just going to go to another job. No, but the problem is it's a spirit. See, I just read those spirits. God didn't give you a spirit of fear but power, love, and a sound mind, and that's what you have to develop right where you're at and let those spirits know they're not going to control your life because when you run over here, then spirits are going to be at the next job and the next job. And actually, actually, some of the guys that were at the other job will probably move over to your new job so there'll be even more people against you over at the next job because, see, it's a spiritual battle. That's where we're helping people change the perception. You know what I had a thought about? Uh, not that it's just one thought. It wasn't thus saith God, but it's a thought. But I'll take the thought and I'll, and I'll kind of let it sit over here. But I know several people that know the guy that said the thing about Joel Osteen. I know several pastors that know this pastor personally. Actually, one guy knows him really well. 
And so after I had a few days to get over it, and I made sure to corral my tongue, right, and shut my mouth and believe the Word of God and pray for that man, okay, God dropped it in my, no, 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 I can't say that yet. I had the thought. I feel, I I almost felt like God was saying that to me, but I got to pray that through. But I had the thought that God's going to send me into that man's life to help him somehow. How many agree with me on that? If that's God's will, then I'm going to step into that guy's life. It's going to happen for me because I, I, you know, I would never tell you who the guy is. I'm just telling you this because I'm, I'm trying to make an example. There's people out there like that. that. That man is truly suffering. He doesn't even think so, but he is suffering. And he needs to be liberated and free. Our jobs in the days in which we're living in is getting right per, the right perception of God in our own lives. And that's why I've given you these five categories because I feel like these five categories are key. Health and prosperity and the love of God and hearing God and serving in those areas, when we realize the importance of the promises that are attached to those categories, it'll fix everything else in your life. Everything. I I promise you, everything. Everything. When you get those pins out of your soul. Amen? I'm going to end with this verse. Just got to remember what it is. was just looking at it. Thought, oh, yes, in uh, Luke chapter 1. So, um, <clears throat> Luke chapter 1, and um, where was I going to start with? 35. In verse 35. But I'm not going to look at it yet. So, John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And everything that was created was created by the Word. And the Word became flesh, and it dwelt among us. The Word did. There was something that Mary said when the angel of the Lord came to her. And in verse 35, it says, And the angel answered and said to her, he came to her, and then she asked this question. And the question she asked was, How could it be that I'm going to have a child when I've not been with a man? See, that doesn't make sense. Well, the angel came to her uncle several months earlier, and the angel said that, he and his wife in their old age were going to bear a child. Well, the fact that they were going to bear a child, even though they were in old age, that was a possibility. Right? Right? Mm -hmm. But he rejected that. Her question was an honest question because it had never happened ever in the history of the world and it was impossible to happen in the natural. Right? And so she asked the question, how does this be? And then verse 35, it says, And the angel answered her and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God... Nothing will be impossible. And the NIV in that verse 37 says, For no word from God will ever fail. Man. No word from God. The angels telling Mary, this is a 16-year-old girl, this angel's telling Mary, Mary, This is what's going to happen after she asked the question. And the angel said to her, remember this, no word from God will ever fail. No no promise of God will ever fail. See, this this had been prophesied 600 years earlier that this is exactly what was going to happen. Now, 
Mary at 16 years old wasn't necessarily aware of, of that. Maybe she was somewhat, but she probably wasn't thinking she's the one that this is going to happen to or even thought that the process would happen this way. Because a lot of them thought he was coming in on a white horse and he was coming to save the world and all this kind of thing. Not coming this way, even though it was prophesied this way, but you had to be really open to receive what was actually said. The Magi understood it. The astrologers understood it. They understood exactly what was going on and what had actually happened because of what had been prophesied before. But he said, no... The angel of the Lord said to her, no word from God will ever fail. Now, before I read the last verse that I'm going to read tonight, I'm telling you tonight concerning these five categories that we're talking about and that we're going to continue to talk about and the understanding of having a right perception of who God is today and in the days ahead, I'm telling you that no word from God will ever fail. No word to you, no promise to you concerning prosperity, concerning health, concerning your ability to walk in love, concerning your ability to hear the voice of God, concerning your ability to serve with a, with a great heart and do exactly what God tells you to do. No word or promise from God will ever fail. And what has to happen in us is that even when we don't feel like it, do you think that Mary was like, oh boy, I get to get stoned to death? Huh? Who in the world is going to believe this crazy story? Right? I mean, you think she was doing cartwheels, you know, through the camp? No. And when it looks like things aren't working... That's where our response to the promise of God has to be exactly what Mary's was. And what, what was it? I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me... I, I don't like that translation of that verse of Scripture. Going back to the other one. Behold, the man, maid servant of the Lord is what she said. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed. That's all he was looking for. You know what he didn't get from her? He didn't get from her what came out of Zacharias. What she got was, after the word of the Lord came to her, whatever God says, I'll do it. Whatever his word says to me, so be it. And it will work. And I'm putting my foot down. I'm not backing off. I don't care about... I don't care about experiences in my life. I don't care about, and, and the enemy will make sure that a dozen people will come and give you experiences of things that didn't work for what you're standing for. I mean, time and time and time again, I've seen it happen. I'm just telling you, God is big enough to make sure that it will get done. It may not get done in the time period that you think. It may not get done the way you think it should happen. But if you trust him, it'll always work out. Always. Can you say amen? Now, as we end tonight, I want you to do this. Because I want you to start practicing. Because we're going to do some praying over the next few weeks. <clears throat> The things I mentioned to you, <clears throat> I'm just going to tell you what I say over myself every day, just giving you this little piece. I say a lot of things on a daily basis. But one of the things that I say over myself every day is this, the spirit of selfishness. Fear, fear of failure, fear of man, lack, disorganization, lack of self-control, loser mentality, anger, and whatever else that would be in my soul is stopped and rendered powerless and ineffective in the name of Jesus today. 
I say those things every day. Some of those things, I, I've said certain things over the years, but things that God told me to add to that list, I've added things He told me it's done, taken care of, moved out of the way. And, and what I'm doing is maintenance on my soul on a daily basis, making sure those pins stay gone. And I'm telling you, what, what, what I'm, some of the things that I, I read to you, selfishness, fear, fear of failure, fear of man, no self-control, loser mentality, negative confessions, poverty, sickness, whatever it would be, the spirits that are attached to those things, God wants you set free of. And I promise you, where it really becomes effective in your life is when you let those spirits know they have no place in your life. Because where they're at are lodged in places in your soul as a result of your past. The day you get born again, those things just don't go away. Some of them do. But there's things along the way that get uncovered as time goes, as you get more free. There's other things that have to be dealt with, and you can't be afraid of acknowledging the fact that there are demonic spirits that can be assigned to your soul that you have to be delivered of to have a right perception so that you can help other people have a right perception so you can see clearly and walk in discernment and not walk overtaken on a day-to-day -day basis. Because those things I mentioned to you right there, I promise you, they affect every single one of us now or at different times. And you need to be set free if you want to be effective in the things of God. So I'm not going to ask if any of those addressed any of you. I'm telling you they, some of these addressed every single one of us. And I'm going to tell you, stand to your feet and I'm praying for you. And what I pray over you today, you either receive it or reject it. You do whatever you want. I'm not telling you what you have to do. But I'm telling you, if you stand, I'm going to speak over you. And when I speak over you, it's in, I'm encouraging you to take what I'm speaking today and continue to enforce that on a day-to-day -day basis. You know what relates to you. You know. And you'll know more as days go. Glory to God. Come on, let's just thank Him. Amen.